On this episode of the Jet City Hot Takes, I am so happy the Yankees are done. I'm, they are classless, terrible fans, did not deserve to be in the World Series And we at talk all. about the Seahawks. The Chiefs, they are terrible. Their defense sucks. They're not the number two seed in the AFC East. They're not going to Foxborough. And we talk about the Seahawks. And the Astros killing themselves in the World Series. What are they doing? Just give and it up. And we talk run. about the Seahawks, Corey. Oh, and the Seahawks, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... Who am I kidding? These guys aren't pros. The starting lineup for your Jet City Hot Takes podcast. He's Boston bred. He hates seafood. And he swore to start reading more. So now he watches Netflix with his subtitles on. Corey Dillon. That is next level stupidity. And he's a Northwest native. Doesn't care what you say. Sriracha is overrated. And he sleeps with a Ken Griffey Jr. body pillow. Keith Wayne. Hey, I don't judge. You do you. Just keep it off the field. Jet City Hot Takes. Hot Takes. All right, here we are. Uh, week 8 in the NFL season. We uh, we missed week 7 because I had the bird flu. Uh, missed a couple <laughs> days. We did actually record a little stuff. It just didn't make it on, so we might retouch a little bit of that stuff. But welcome in, Keith. Week 8 of the NFL season. Trade deadline just happened. Lots to talk about. A little bit. Just a little bit. Let me get some stuff off my, uh, my chest. I want to rant on the Yankees. I'm so happy they lost. Uh, their fans are classless. The way they treated the Houston Astros, they deserve to lose that series that made me very happy. Like I said, I loved seeing that smug, stupid look on their Italian sausage faces. Happy they're out of the playoffs. Happy they're all done. That's off the list. We can move on. Uh, another thing we touched on, and this was before the Mahomes injury, um, it was after their loss to, who did they lose to in week six? It was to the Texans. Yeah. Houston. The Chiefs lost to the Texans. That day, I decided, you know what? The Chiefs are not going to be the team that goes into Foxborough, that competes for the AFC uh, title or the AFC championship game. Uh, they're not going to be there. They're not going to be the, the the team that's going forward. It's going to be a different team. Even with the Texans' loss to the Colts last week, I do think it's between the Texans and the Colts. They might be coming to Foxborough. I think it's the Texans, but now Mahomes is out. The Chiefs are in trouble. This is going to help my argument, and you guys didn't hear what I said before, but I swear... Um, this is actually pretty much what you said. The Chiefs, you know, once... Their defense is so bad, I don't care how good they looked against Denver. Um, that defense was not getting them a, a bye in the playoffs. And if they had to travel on the road, they're going to get beaten. The Chiefs will not be the number two seed or, or going into Foxborough at the end of the year to try and go to the Super Bowl. It will be a different team. It's not as hot now. That's, I think it's a hot take. But it's true. Mahomes it, isn't going to miss that much time. It's still a pretty hot he's take. He's missed a couple weeks. They, you know, I just think they're going to fall back a little now because of that. But even still, even if Mahomes is there, that defense sucks. It's wretched. Yes, the Broncos made them look like you know the Bears of the old days. Uh, it, <laughs> the Broncos suck. The Chiefs' defense is really bad. They're not going to go anywhere with that defense. They didn't do anything at the trade deadline either. Uh, I don't see them going as far as uh, maybe everybody or uh, a lot of people thought they were, especially at the beginning of the season, myself included. You get that off your chest? Yes, I'm not done, because baseball's on right now. <laughs> game two of the World Series, it's 2-2 Houston and Washington. Uh, Washington took game one yesterday, I need a vent. Boneheaded play by the Astros, George Springer hits almost a home run, and I believe it was the eighth inning, they're uh, down, by, down by two, he trotted, he didn't even trot, he hopped sideways from home to first base, and it wasn't a home run, and it wasn't one where you like <laughs> see it off the bat and it's sh- gone. It, it's he was doing that, and he only got to second. They were down a run 
Altuve comes up next. Fly ball to right field. He should have been on third, scored and tied that game. Costly mistake. I think, uh, I, I know Twitter kind of blew up with it because I had to see if I was crazy. Um, on the game going on right now, you just had Altuve try to steal a third. I'm going there next. I don't <laughs> understand. If that was an AJ Hinge call, you suck at coaching in-game because uh, that's a horrible decision. If you don't know what we're talking about, is the first inning, one out, uh, I think it was Jordan. No, it was Altuve. He doubled um, their third, their number three batter, Brantley up. Altuve tries to steal third on like the first or second pitch and gets thrown into third. So now you have two outs. Know what happens? Brantley singles, which probably would have scored uh, Altuve. If not, guess what? Bregman homered after that. And instead of it being 3-2 Astros, it's 2-2. And you have Strasburg and, and Verlander going at it. But you just, this is twice now, two games in a row, where they're giving up runs in the World Series and you cannot do that. And I have a girlfriend who is an Astros fan and half Latina. And I just can't deal with that in my life. The Astros. <laughs> Astros need to win. Hinch, stop messing up. Stop leaving runs on the board. Okay, I'm good. All right. You feel better now? Yes, it's your time to rant. Know why? Because we're going to talk about oh, the Ravens-Seahawks okay. game last week where you and I knew it was going to be kind of uh, a close game. Um, Lamar Jackson was coming in with the Ravens. If he could break a couple plays, uh, it, it would be big for them. Uh, he broke a couple, only 116 yards rushing on the ground, but I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to let you uh, I'm gonna let you vent for a second. I need to breathe. All right. Uh, I want to say this to start off. Uh, Ravens, very good team. Lamar Jackson, I think he's legit. All right. That said, I'm done complimenting the Ravens. Seahawks, what the hell was that? You passed the ball more than 40 times, rushed the ball barely over 20, and for the five Seahawks wins, they ran the ball more than they passed it. Schottenheimer, what the hell are you doing? Run the damn ball. That's how you win games. You run to win and you throw to score. That's always been how the Seahawks do it. They got to two straight Super Bowls doing that. This time, you did two to one the wrong way. What was that? Also, sloppy tackling, no contain on the pass rush. That's why Lamar Jackson had 116 rush yards, like you said. Quite honestly, sloppy mistakes, bad play calling, offensive line was really sloppy, and just, uh, there was that pick six that Russell threw. I, I mean, say, Russell finally was, threw an interception and it happened to go back to the... Yeah, it goes back. <laughs> of course, it's Marcus Peters that gets it, right? The guy they just picked up. Back-to-back uh, interceptions. Uh, it, I think was, the first player... So, I think the first player that has had um, interceptions back-to-back games for two different teams. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, he, he also stat. he's the first player in NFL history to have a pick six for two different teams in the same season. That's, that's what, it, what it was. Yeah, there's the, there's the nugget I was looking for. Uh, which, you know, that's kind of a cool stat, but seriously. <laughs> It was such a bad play, too, because it looked like Russell Wilson, like, kind of was looking deep and then pumped, like, looked to check down and then didn't initially and then went back to it and threw it late. Do you think there was a level of cockiness? I thought there was, like, um, I thought there were some passes in the first half, especially where, like, he was, I don't, I don't know if he was feeling it or feeling himself and he was throwing, like, they just didn't look like great Russell Wilson balls. He was trying balls. to fit the know. ball into really tight windows, which he can do. Credit to the Ravens secondary, they were plastering the receivers. Like, no one was open, which is why wow, you run the damn ball, Schottenheimer. But and this, this game is 13 to 13 at halftime. Seattle then allows the Ravens to score 17 unanswered points. Uh, one of those touchdowns, by the way, was on a fumble which came out of nowhere. What the hell was that, DK Metcalf? Fumble out of nowhere. He's trying to switch the ball to his left hand on the on the sideline, which you're supposed to do. You want to have the ball on your outside hand. But he just dropped the ball after establishing the catch, and Ravens just run it back for a touchdown. And that pretty much just took took the Seahawks completely out of the game at that yeah, point. There that, was that any happened, chance of a comeback in um, there. Missed field goal, pick six, uh, a lot of things... A, a lot of ugly things that all contributed to this loss. 
And what I will say is all those mistakes were uncharacteristic. And so I'm not in panic mode because they are 5-2. and two. Right now they'd be in the playoffs, and that's where, where, that's where you want to be. And they got a game coming up against the Falcons that they should win. They absolutely should win. The Dirty Birds. The Dirty Birds are playing real not good football. And it could be Matt Schaub starting. We don't know this. I mean, he I, likes I, to throw pick sixes. I did read today that um, it looks like Ryan could or, or, or would be playing, uh, but it could be Schaub. Yeah. A lot of things in this game are just so uncharacteristic. And the Ravens were more aggressive in their coaching and their play calling. And I thought Pete Carroll was way too passive. There was a point in the game where it was the, the Lamar Jackson touchdown run. It's like fourth and three, fourth and four. What? Uh, I think I texted you at that moment. I just said balls. Yeah. Balls well, call. Great call. Pete Carroll never would have done that. And I kind of think back to like... Pete Carroll doesn't have balls? I don't think he would have made that call. I think he would have he would have just taken the field goal there, which I think most coaches will. Those hard balls. Yeah, those hard balls were huge, man. I, I, speaking of Harbaugh, I think back to like the 2013 NFC Championship game. There's a point in that game, fourth and seven, Seahawks are down by four points, and I remember this. And they're about to kick a field goal. Hauschka says, hey man, it's really windy, I don't know if I can hit this. And instead of punting, the Seahawks go for it and hit a bomb to Jermaine Curse, take the lead. That's one of the biggest plays in franchise history, and it came from, a, from an aggressive approach. Pete Carroll, be aggressive. Be, be aggressive. Just be a little more aggressive, please. I want to see this team be more aggressive because when a good teams are aggressive, they win games. That's all I got to say about that. Well, then tell me what's going to happen here in Atlanta. Atlanta, their defense sucks. It feels like everybody... Um I mean, if you have any sort of fantasy, like whoever's playing the Atlanta, just just start. Whoever's yeah, playing against the Falcons defense because they can't stop anything. They're a team that blows my mind because realistically, you know, if they're healthy, I mean, Ryan is a good quarterback. Freeman is a good running back. They have Julio Jones. They have Calvin Ridley on the outside. Austin Hooper is a good tight end. I don't understand why why they only have one win on the season. I mean, maybe it is because I mean, the defense o- is so bad. Offensively, they're still putting up pretty good numbers. But defensively, I don't know what's happened there. They have pieces in the secondary. They have pieces at linebacker. They've got some good edge rushers. I don't understand why they're, what, 27th in the league in total defense? They're averaging, they're giving up almost 32 points a game. It doesn't make sense. So are the Seahawks going to go into, uh, what is it, Mercedes-Benz, that brand new beautiful stadium? Mm -hmm. Uh, Are they going to go down there and um, play way too close of a game to the Falcons when realistically they should probably put a whooping on them? Uh, Russell Wilson does not have back-to-back bad games. That's just something he doesn't do. He hasn't done that since his rookie season. He's going to play well this game, especially against a defense, like you said, that's not very good. Uh, my real question is for the Seahawks defense with those weapons on the outside. The, the Falcons have been able to score against teams. They've been able to move the ball. They just can't stop anyone. So my, my real question for the Seahawks is, can you get your pass rush going? They only have 11 sacks on the season through seven games. That's not nearly enough. Not good. It's not good. And I think that's part of why the secondaries look so bad, is that you're not getting any pressure, so quarterbacks can sit back there all game. You can't cover for five seconds. Mm -mm. It's unrealistic to expect the secondary to cover for that long, which is why you went out and got a guy like Jadavian Clowney, why you got a guy like Ziggy Ansah. You have Jaron Reed back now. You should get some pressure up the middle. It's time to start seeing this happen. If it doesn't happen, I think they need to, I don't know, quite possibly make a change at defensive coordinator after the season. Yeah, we. I mean, we'll see, and, and especially with the Falcon teams, we, I mean, their record is not great, but they have dangerous offensive weapons like we mentioned. So if, I mean, realistically, if you don't get to the quarterback here and Ryan does start because they have no faith in but if it is Ryan, he can pick the secondary apart. Absolutely. I mean, with the weapons they have in general, but on top of that, if you're if you're not getting to him and you allow him to be comfortable, he's got such great weapons out there that they could really 
hurt the Seahawks. And I don't think they should lose this game. I like I said, if they had beaten the Ravens, I might might have picked this up as an upset for the Falcons, but like I can't see the Seahawks dropping two in a row and with the second B into the Falcons and how they're playing this season. Yeah, I think if Matt Ryan plays, it'll be closer than it maybe should be. If Matt Schaub plays, it's a blowout. Like two touchdowns more. Two touchdowns or more, I think, if Matt Schaub is a starting quarterback. I didn't even realize he was still alive. <laughs> I mean, last he played, time he played for the Texans when they were the Oilers, right? <laughs> yeah, like I remember last time the Seahawks played against Matt Schaub, he threw a pick six to Sherman to take the game to overtime. So <laughs> keep it up, Schaub. <laughs> All right, let's get. This was a big week. Um, trade deadline was this week. Uh, some pretty big moves, and to me, it looks like um, three of the um, biggest, contenders, the, the, probably maybe the biggest contenders. Um, Making additions to their roster to almost saying like, "Yep, we're you're, we're in it this year and we're going for it." Those three being the Patriots, the San Francisco 49ers, and of course the Seahawks. The team that didn't really make a move was the um, Saints, which I think is the other major. Contender I don't think there. they needed to. They didn't need to. They're winning game. They're putting thirty something points up against the Bears defense with Teddy Bridgewater and Latavius Murray. That's without Breeze and without Kamara. Sean Payton's an offensive genius. They don't need to do anything. So I think right there are your contenders. And the funny thing is, three of those are in the NFC, one in the AFC. There's only one contender in the AFC. That, there, there really is. And that's, <laughs> like I said, with, with those Chiefs who suck uh, or who are overrated. Um, but yeah, those three teams in the NFC, it seems like every, you know, halfway through the season, about, or we're right at that halfway point, kind of, the teams that think they're in it are, are making moves. So yeah, I'll, I'll address, I'll, or I'll talk about the Patriots move first. Going in and, and grabbing Mohamed Sanu, they paid a second-round pick. People were saying it's an overpay. It might be, but guess what? There is a need for a wide receiver in New England. They need that. Tom Brady, even after his wins the last couple of weeks, when they talk about it, he, he doesn't even sound confident in the offense. He knows that the defense is playing incredible. Uh, he has not been happy, even when they won 33 to nothing. Not happy. I, th- I think they really needed to address the wide receiver situation. Obviously, you had Antonio Brown. That went, um, you just found out. Today, uh, Josh, Josh Gordon on IR. placed on the IR, so that trade even makes more sense. Um, so you had to bring someone in. I know they're in a battle actually with forty with the Forty ers for uh, for Sanu. The Forty ers wanted Sanu, obviously the connection with Shanahan and yeah. in Atlanta there. Um, but once the Patriots put the second rounder on the table, um, it seemed like the Forty ers backed off. They they went and grabbed Emmanuel Sanders. We'll talk about that in a second. But the Patriots bringing in Mohamed Sanu, another guy that I think is going to fit in really well here or really well with the Patriots. Um, and another weapon for Tom Brady with Edelman uh, you're adding Sanu and then the rookie Nikhil Harry looks like he's coming back so hopefully he can you know I don't even remember the last time they drafted a receiver in the first round if he can just be a piece that can contribute to this offense uh, I I think that's going to make Brady a little bit more happy Um, so that's a a great move for the Patriots I don't know how you feel about that I think it makes sense for them especially with Gordon being out you needed another big body receiver which Sanu definitely is and now you have this is just kind of like fun for me as like a kind of football junkie you got two wide receivers that have played quarterback at some point. You could have Sanu and Edelman on the field at the same time and have some pretty fun trick plays. I think that'll be fun to watch. And, and just in case you didn't know, um, Mohamed Sanu is not wearing 12. He is yeah, like, I didn't think he would be. <laughs> he's taking 14. Uh, but yeah, they can both throw the ball. Both Sanu and Edelman go over the middle. This could be a, a very interesting uh, addition and, and I'm excited to see where it goes to the Patriots. Seahawks, they make an addition. Why don't you tell me what they did and how that helps that defense? Yes. Uh, safety, Quandre 
Diggs. I say safety because that's where I think he's going to play. He has lined up at corner before for the Lions. Uh, they got him for a fifth round pick, which, by the way, they got from the Steelers for Nick Vanette. So they essentially just flipped Nick Vanette for a Pro Bowl caliber safety. That'd be a win. And that's the, the defensive captain of the Lions, too. Yeah. And are, so, are they giving up on the season, the Lions? Is that what they're saying right there? I'm just curious. I, uh, probably. They started out okay, and then they dropped three in a row, I think, and is like, oh, well, we give up. <laughs> but uh, it, 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 there's no way this doesn't help your defense. You needed help at safety. I don't think Tedrick Thompson, I doubt he listens to this, but I don't know if Tedrick Thompson is the answer at safety. He doesn't fly around the way that we're used to seeing a free safety fly around here in Seattle, which granted we've had Earl Thomas in the past, so we're a little bit spoiled. I just, I just love that you said you don't think Tedrick Thompson listens to our podcast. Let me tell you, there's no way Tedrick Thompson <laughs> listens to our podcast. But, uh, I mean, he's he's got a couple picks in the year, but, like, man, I think they're pretty lucky, like, right place, right time sort of picks, not necessarily reading what's going to happen on the play. Quandre Diggs, he flies around. He's like a missile on the field. He's either going straight to the ball or he's going straight to the receiver, and he's making contact with something. Well, we've discussed this a couple times over the year that the Seahawks needed to do something in, in the secondary. And they need they a playmaker did. at safety is what they need. What they need, and, and we just touched on this, they still need to get to the quarterback. And This is yeah. going to help, but they need to get to the quarterback. Yeah, this th- I, I love the pickup. He's under contract until 2021, so Schneider, awesome job here. Th- it's not going to help a whole lot unless you get to the quarterback and you start putting pressure on them. So yes, it's a good move. I think it's a good long-term move, too, for the next couple of seasons. But for it to really matter, we got to see some progress up front on that D-line. I agree. Clowney, step up. I was expecting big things from him. Not that he's been bad, but... He actually gets uh, double-teamed more than any other player in the NFL, by Well, then Ziggy, (laughs) do something. And then right in the same division, obviously the 49ers making another... Or making an offensive uh, addition in in Emmanuel Sanders. Manny Sanders coming in, I really like him as a player. How does that not help bolster the wide receivers in San Francisco? I mean, I can't even tell... Who's it? Dante Pettis? Who do they have? Dante Pettis? Yeah, Dante Pettis and Taylor Lewis. Uh, Marquise Goodwin. So putting Sanders on this team is a great weapon for uh, Jimmy G, in, in my opinion. And it sounds, it seems to me like they're 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 not only are they like okay, well the Seahawks have dropped two, the Rams have dropped three, we're undefeated. Let's add to this. Let's win this division. Uh, uh, I don't know how many people picked the 49ers to win this division at the beginning of the season, Just but fans. it sounds like they are going for it. And to be honest, they uh, should. This is a uh, an addition. I think that is going to help them get to that goal. It definitely makes them better. I don't know what his contract situation but I know that Emmanuel Sanders is up there in age he is and he's coming off an Achilles but uh, so I think this is this is definitely a move for this season they're going for it this season with this move it's another it's a better target for Jimmy Garoppolo who I think is a pretty good quarterback undefeated he's a pretty good quarterback and you know they're a very run heavy offense a very creative run heavy offense they do a lot of things with their offensive line pulling guards and stuff that I think is actually really cool I they're they're like it's it's a, it's a weird move because it's something they needed to do. They needed to upgrade that wide receiver core to really make a deep playoff run. But at the same time, they're so run heavy. I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make, if that makes sense. Well, we'll see what it does this week because they're going to get to the Panthers uh, undefeated Kyle Allen and those Panthers. Uh, Hasn't so, thrown a pick yet. I know. So we'll see what happens with, uh, with that addition and see if we can find anything out after this first week with uh, Manny Sanders in that offense. But let's go from you know our, our real football talk. We're going to dip off to our little fake stuff here, fantasy football. So why don't you give me uh, a couple of your players that you're looking at this week? You know, obviously not the 
obvious ones. Everybody knows to start Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, but what do you got for us? So I got a couple running backs and a wide receiver for you. Uh, the two running backs are because of injuries to team starters. So I got Latavius Murray for the Saints and Ty Johnson for the Detroit Lions. Uh, you could also maybe put J.D. McKissick in there if, if it sounds like they might be splitting some carries. So I don't think you can go wrong either way if you're looking for a flex or a running back too. Uh, wide receiver, DK Metcalf against Mr. Falcons. Dro- Mr. Drops the baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think he's going to have one of those this week. Uh, I think he's going to take the top off of that Falcons defense at least once for a long touchdown. He's just a huge man. Like yeah, some of the, fast, when he, he, I was like, in that game, he just blows my mind. Uh, a couple I got, I, I love this uh, one-two punch, and it's going to, it's, it's, the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen and John Brown playing against Philadelphia. Philadelphia stinks, uh, and it's in Buffalo. So give me uh, John Brown and, and Josh Allen connecting for at least one, and, and Brown going a little crazy there. And then another receiver I like, Cortland Sutton, Denver Broncos. Good call. Playing against the Colts. Uh, and then I thought he was a number one already, but now uh, Emmanuel Sanders going to San Francisco. I think that's just going to increase yeah. his targets, even if Flacco is as bad as we all know he is. Uh, he's going to throw somewhere, and that's going to be too sudden. He does look like a stud in his second season. All right, now back to real football. Time to pick some games. Make some money! Just so everybody knows, I do want to touch on what we did last week, even though we didn't get to play it on the podcast, because, again, my bird flew. Uh, I went 1-3, Keith 2-2. Overall, that makes... Me sixteen and twelve makes Keith sixteen and twelve, so we're making money, just not very much. You know, we're, we're, we're positive, and that's that that's a good thing. So the units are going up, but very little. Uh, the lock of the week again, uh, heartbreaker for you last week. You took the Redskins minus ten over. Uh, sorry, I took the you I took, took the, the Niners. You took the Niners minus ten over the Skins. Little did you know at that time that it was going to be um, I play, think, played underwater. Yeah, I didn't think they were going to be playing the game in a lake. So that happened. <laughs> they won. <laughs> <laughs> Nine nothing. So we don't really know what to do with the log of the week. Uh, so I think Keith is actually shaking it up. But we'll get to that in a second. Let's start with the first game, a game I just touched on in fantasy: Eagles versus Bills. Bills minus one and a half. Where are you going? Give me the Bills, especially since they're at home. That Eagles defense does not scare me at all. And uh, man, Carson Wentz is not having the season I thought he would. I've been sorry. He has. He did look good. Uh, he can never stay healthy. I've never been a fan of Wentz. I hate him. I've never drafted him in fantasy. I never. Will. Will. I stay away from even. I know there's big power there with, like, Ur- I've never even drafted Ertz, and he's had massive games, and he's a great player. But I have no faith in Wentz, and that defense does not scare me either. They stink. It's in Buffalo. I'm assuming it's going to be cold. This is a game where the Bills, they're playing tough this year in every game that they're in, even though they almost lost to freaking Miami last week. Uh, or was that last week or two weeks ago? Yeah, that was, that was last week. Yeah. They had that uh, that onside yeah, kick return. that wonderful onside kick return, which was actually pretty cool to watch. Uh, like o- twisting, Only the Dolphins. Twisting midair yeah the dog only happened to the dolphin. That, that is so dolphin uh so yeah give me the bills the eagles suck and i hate philadelphia so all right that's how you feel <laughs> i haven't been to the city so i guess you can't judge me i just hate the fans there sometimes you know when they throw batteries and and Who throws snowballs at santa man Philadelphia fans. Philadelphia fans. Uh, Bucks, Titans. Titans are minus two and a half. Give me the Titans. Titans. Yes. Ryan You're Tan- giving me a weird look. Yes, because Ryan Tannehill is starting. He is a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. The Titans actually looked like. I feel they, like I feel like there's a slight there just because he played at U of O. But what, Mariota? Mariota. No, I actually liked Mariota. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. You're a, you're a Pac-12 guy. I figured maybe you didn't like Mariota. No, I do like Mariota. I think I got I have no problem with Mariota personally. He just actually, sucks in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, he just sucks in the NFL. Which, to be fair, a lot of players suck in the NFL. 
Yeah, t- I think Tannehill, he, he made that offense actually look like more of a somewhat competent unit. Against, uh, against and, the Chargers? Yeah, and uh, the Bucks defensively, not very good. And Jameis Winston, he uh, he, he's, could, he could open up a bakery with all those turnovers. Yeah, he's, got, he's coming off a career high of uh, five interceptions. That was two weeks ago. I'm going to take the points and the Bucks. They have a bye week. Bruce Arians, hopefully... You know, can do his quarterback magic with Winston after that poor performance over in the uh, the London game uh, with five turnovers. Maybe that was just a London thing. Uh, I'm going to take the Bucks. I think it's a Jameis Winston thing. <laughs> you know what? I I'm not going to disagree, but I'm going to take the Bucks plus two and a half. Next game: Packers versus Chiefs. Chiefs no Mahomes. Uh, yeah. Packers are minus four. And it's the Sunday night game. That's kind of why it's on here. Also because it's one of the smaller spreads this week. The Chiefs are at home. It's kind of t- Packers. There's no Mahomes. Chiefs defense stinks. Packers actually have a defense this year. Aaron Rodgers with his last game is starting to look like he might be in the MVP race a little bit. Give me the Packers. Matt Moore going to lead the Chiefs to a 14-point loss. I'm going to go to the Packers <laughs> as well. Packers, uh, I, I, you know, they got lucky in some games. They've looked and there, the defense has looked good. They are going into Arrowhead, which I never like. But if Matt Moore's your starting quarterback, um, there's no way I don't think Aaron Rodgers should cover four points. Uh, final game, the home game here, but they're on the road. Seahawks at the Falcons. Falcons plus three and a half. I know we got into this a little bit, but where are you going? Uh, so. We still don't know who's going to play quarterback this game, Matt Ryan or Matt Schaub. If it's Matt Ryan, I think this game could be within one possession. If it's Matt Schaub, it's going to be a blowout. Either way, though, taking the Seahawks. Taking the Seahawks. I'm going to also take the Seahawks. I just It's a bounce-back game. Um, I, like you said, Russell doesn't really have two bad games in a row. Hopefully it's not hopefully it's not a typical Seahawks where we play or where they play to the competition's level and for some reason it's a, a, a you know a 1 point win with a field goal on the road against the Falcons and and it's I, they should go into Atlanta everybody's wiping the floor with Atlanta even the Cardinals won by a point against Atlanta the Seahawks should cover three and a half. Yeah, I think so too. All right, here it is the lock of the week which is now Two and five. Two and five, yeah. So, so remember, you can take the lock of the week and go against it. The lock's a little rusty. Um, <laughs> Get it open. Yeah, so uh, my my lock of the week this week, I'm I'm making it easier on myself. I'm going with a college game. There's no spread on this. It's a pick em. Yeah, that sounds real easy. 50-50 chance, either team. Yeah, except it's not because it's Notre Dame at Michigan, and Michigan does not beat te- top 25 teams. They're going to choke it at home. Jim Harbaugh over there at Michigan cannot, for the life of him, beat contending teams. I don't think Notre Dame is the best team in the world, but they're in the top ten. Give me Notre Dame. Notre Dame, you hear it. Lock of the week right there. If you want to make some money, you decide what you do with that. (laughs) (laughs) Congrats on the win, Michigan. (laughs) You can hear me every afternoon here in Seattle on the radio. New Country 98.9 The Bull, 2 to 7 every afternoon. Keith, he follows me 7 to midnight. Same thing every weekday. And you can find us all over social media. Where at, Keith? Uh, At Jet City Hot Takes on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we release new episodes of the podcast every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific on Stitcher, Podcast One, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, probably streaming from someone's basement too, maybe. Unless I have bird flu, then we might miss it. (laughs) Go Hawks!